Um, if there are any kids left in here, you are more than welcome to go out now to your different programs. Cool. But uh, good morning, church. Um, if I haven't had the privilege of meeting you before, my name is Kyron, not to be confused with Kieran, who is speaking after me. Um, and in the absence of Colin this morning, uh, he has asked us to prepare a message, and uh, it's going to be a little bit different to probably what you're used to. For the next 10-ish minutes, I'll be preaching, and then after that, you'll get an even better speaker in Karen for the, uh, the other 10-ish minutes. Hey, um, but because this morning is going to be slightly different, I was wondering if it'd be all right if I could start the sermon slightly different. I want you to really quickly turn to the person next to you and tell them to get out. Go. In a loving way, in a loving way. You're all more than welcome to stay in the sermon. All right, bring it back in. Now I want you to turn to the other person, sort of your second favorite neighbor, the one you didn't turn to the first time, and I want you to tell them to stay out. Go. Love it. All right, I'll get back to that point in a little bit later in my sermon. Um, But if you have been with us for the month of May, you'll know that we have been looking at missions, and today is the final uh, Sunday in May, so we're going to be wrapping that up, looking at a topic called the new generation. So ironically, Colin got two young adults to preach on this topic. Um, And the the verse that we're going to be looking at today, or rather the chapter, is located in Acts 10. So if you have your Bibles, feel free to turn to Acts 10 with us. Um, But in the essence of time, we're not going to read the whole chapter. I'm going to somewhat try to summarize it and then draw a few concluding points at the end. Um, But in getting to this point, I think it's important to look at what has happened previously in Acts. And so to summarize it, essentially the book of Acts is Jesus inspiring his followers uh, through the Holy Spirit to go into all nations and to invite them to live under the reign of God. And this is no different. The only different thing about when we get to Acts 10 is before this, it had only ever happened in Jerusalem. And then we get to Philip going into Samaria, the transformation of Saul of Tarsus into Paul. And then we get to the uh, the verse that we're going to look at today, Acts 10, about Cornelius and Peter. And so we start off with Cornelius. And the Bible tells us that Cornelius was a Roman soldier, part of the Italian uh, regiment. He was a centurion. And the Bible also tells us that he was a good, God-fearing man. He was quite righteous. He often gave to the poor and prayed quite regularly. And so we pick up the the story in verse 3. And if you all want to read with me, 3, 2, 1. One day, about three in the afternoon, he, Cornelius, had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius. Next one. Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord, he asked. The angel answered, your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa to bring back Simon, who is called Peter, He is saying with Simon the Tanner, whose house is by the sea. Cool. So immediately Cornelius uh, figures what God God is saying to him, and he calls for one of his devout soldiers and two of his servants, and with little more than the explanation of his vision, he sends them on their merry way. Uh, The next day, about 60 
uh, 60 kilometres away. I did a quick Google search for those who want to know. Um, at noon, Peter, the man who Cornelius had just sent for, went up and retreated to his roof to pray. And now, as so often, um, as, so often as can happen when we pray, uh, Peter got quite distracted. He became quite hungry and started daydreaming about food, which is, I, I relate to that. And so then we pick... Um, so we pick the verse back up in verse 12, if you want to read with me again. So this is just after Peter had become distracted and started thinking about the food. He, Peter, saw heaven open and something like a large sheet being lowered down by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals, as well as reptiles and birds. Then a voice told him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. So naturally, as you would do, Peter starts thinking about the vision that God has just shown him, uh, the significance of it, what it means for his life. At the very same time, the three men that Cornelius had sent for the day before arrived at Simon the Tanner's house, and they stood at the gate and started calling for Peter. Now, Peter was quite, um, he was quite caught up in the vision that he had just had, and he was thinking quite intensely about it, and so he didn't hear the people at the gate calling. So the Spirit of the Lord spoke to him, and get, spoke to him again and said, Peter, there are three men down at the gate. I've sent them for you. Do not hesitate to go with them. So a little bit confused, Peter went down and said to them, Hey, um, I'm Peter. I think you're the guy I'm looking for. To which they replied, um, Cornelius, sent us, uh, Cornelius sent us to come and collect you. And so with that, Peter didn't hesitate and he went. Um, the Bible also tells us that a few other believers from Joppa also went on the journey with them. And in expectation for Peter's arrival, Cornelius went around, gathered all his close friends and family, um, and told them to come to his house. So the very next day, Peter arrives in Joppa, uh, in Caesarea, sorry, and immediately Cornelius runs out to the gate and meets Peter, and he falls at his feet in reverence. And now Peter, somewhat confused, turns to Cornelius and says, I too am just a man, Cornelius. Stand up. To which then Peter also says, but you know, Cornelius, I am a Jew, and it's fully against our law to associate, let alone visit a Jew. But God showed me a, ver uh, a, a vision yesterday saying that I shouldn't call anything unclean that God has made clean. And so I didn't hesitate to follow your men, and I came. But Cornelius, I really want to know, why did you call me? And so they go on to share, um, share the different visions that they've had. And then Peter turns around to Cornelius, and as Jill said in the worship before, um, uh, Peter says, I can now see that God does not show favoritism to anyone. Peter then went on to go and preach the gospel and share the good news about Jesus to Cornelius' friends and family, at which point the gift of the Holy Spirit is then poured out. And as I said before, there were some other um, followers from Joppa who had gone to Caesarea with them at which point they were Jews and were somewhat confused that the Holy Spirit was being poured out onto these Gentiles. But Peter, realizing what was happening, then turned to them and said, surely nothing can stop you now 
being baptized. And so he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus. And that is Acts 10 in a nutshell. So what Colin has asked us to do is to reflect on that verse and think about sort of what really stood out for us, for us, what we learned in that. And I think the thing for me that really stood out was Peter and the fact that Peter was far more willing to put his comfort aside to follow the calling of God. You see, I think there's something really special in that. The moment that we take a step towards God or towards the calling of God, we somewhat put our own agenda aside and we allow God to work with us. In that moment where we don't know what the next step looks like, we can't help but to give God the reins to lead us through that. And in thinking about this, I was thinking about how freely Peter just went and shared the gospel. And I was reflecting on my own life. And so often it can be hard to take that step to share the gospel with someone. But I came across a beautiful quote uh, this week that said, there is freedom in the other side of that fear. And I think when I was reflecting on this verse, it was so evident the freedom that was on the other side of Peter's fear. You see, when he took that step to share the gospel with Cornelius and his family, it somewhat created a movement which now moved into the multinational church that we are a part of. You see, if Peter didn't take that step of obedience, that step of faith, to go and share the gospel, to go and, to, um, go and share it with the Gentiles, us as a church would not be here today. And so to conclude and to wrap up my point, I was reflecting on our church and being missions, I was reflecting on what our mission statement is. Our mission statement is to get out there and partner with Jesus in the broken world. I'm so happy as a church that on Wednesday we voted to take the step to uh, adopt 24-7 as part of our mission. You see, I think it shows that our heart as a church is in the right place, that we are willing to get out there and to seek and save the lost. God is a God that loves all his children. But the Bible tells us that he is far more interested in leaving the 99, leaving the however many people in this building that know and love him today to get out there and seek and save the one lost. And I think as a church, we shouldn't become complacent about this. We shouldn't, we shouldn't be comfortable in this place. We should adopt the same heart that God has, that we would be willing to get out there to put our comfort aside, to get out, to stay out, to seek and save the lost. So I'll just quickly pray before Karen comes up. Lord, I thank you that you are a God that loves us. But Lord, I thank you that you have placed such a good calling on our life. Matthew 28, 19 says, go and make disciples. And the most important word in there, Lord, is go. Would we have the faith not only to let your Holy Spirit guide us, Lord, but would you also give us the courage and the boldness that when you do that, to not let the fear consume us, but Lord, that we would follow your calling. Amen. Hello. Um, just before I start, can I do a quick poll? Okay. Um, I told Corin I didn't want to stand on the stage. Can I please stand down there? Is that okay? Yeah. No, we don't like that. We don't like, okay, all right, okay. <laughs> Sorry, I thought my shirt was loud enough that you'd be able to see me, but it's okay. Um, all good, all good. I'll do it then, against my, against, do, no, yes, no? 
David's saying come down. Yeah, okay, I'll get on your level. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. I like this. This is personal. This is good. I like this. All right. So um, I'm going to be real honest with you. Can I tell you guys a secret? Um, I didn't get this chapter at the beginning. Um, when Colin gave this to us about a month ago now, um, I just didn't get it. I read it so many times, and I was just talking with Karen so much, and I just said to him so many times, I don't get this. I don't get it. What's this all about? What's this sheet with all these animals in it? Like, um, It was really odd to me, but um, I'm glad to say that I do get it now. So in the next sort of 10-ish minutes is what I'm going to be telling you um, what I got from this, okay? So um, let me tell you briefly about how I'm going to be framing this talk. So I like to break things down into like easy bite-sized pieces. So um, we're going to be talking about what God said, which Kyron covered a lot of that, um, why he says it, and then how can we kind of implement that into our lives. Does that sound easy? Yeah, okay, cool. All right, so... um, So Kyron spoke to you guys on the whole outline of Acts 10, and so we come across both Cornelius and Peter and how they come in contact, and then they end up spreading the gospel to all the nations, all right? So I'm going to discuss about how they chose to listen to God and they chose to diligently follow him when he was talking to them. So let's start with Cornelius. Um, So as as Kyron said before, not God... As Corin said before, um, so, um, he said that Cornelius was a really awesome guy, God-fearing man. Him and his whole family um, loved God passionately. So that's awesome. Um, and one day he gets this vision from God to go and find Peter, okay? And so, of course, he sends his men just like Corin um, said before. Um, but what I find really weird is that all it says is that he's in Joppa and he's in a house by the sea. So... I don't know about you guys, but I don't think you can type that into Google Maps and be like, there's a guy in Jopa, his house is by the sea, can I go find him? Um, interesting fact, um, Jopa is now called Jaffa, which I see there's a lot of like food analogies in this, which I like that. That was Karen's joke. Um, so... <laughs> so, um, yeah, so they send... So they send um, Cornelius sends his men away to go find Peter with nothing more than the trust that he has in God. So, um, yeah, I don't know about you, but I don't think I could exercise that same amount of faith um, because it just seems like a very odd thing to be, for God to be saying. But anyway, um, moving on. So then we come across Peter, and Peter's just like any other guy. He's very hungry, and he's impatient, um, and he's waiting for the, for the food to be made downstairs. So he decides it'll be a great idea to go up onto the roof and to go and talk with God because that's just the epitome of male logic. Um, so then Peter has his vision with this cloth coming down and all types of animals coming out and then the, the voice says to him, go kill, eat, you know, and we have that whole conversation, that back and forth, like, oh, I'm not supposed to eat that, I can't eat anything that hasn't been made clean. Um, so then obviously um, Peter goes down the stairs and sees the men that Cornelius has sent. So I'm going to move on to the why is God saying this? Why is God talking about this sheet and all these animals? Because that was the part that I found the strangest, okay? Um, So that was the the whole conversation between the Gentile and the Jews and saying that actually we're all one under, under God. We're all loved equally and we need to be going and talking to everybody and we can't just ostracize ourselves from everybody else. So, um... God um, speaks in this chapter, and he talks about um, faith, and he talks about us exercising that faith and that trust that we have in God. So this is a story not just about faith, but of God fulfilling his promises. And um, 
just an example of that is that people were where they say, well, where the, the voice said that they were, where God said they were. So um, Cornelius's men were sent to Joppa, Peter was there. And then Peter got this, um, this voice saying that there's men downstairs, go and see them, they're here for you. So, um, but often listening to God can be quite a tricky business. And I think um, I speak for everybody when I say that it's, we're not going to get it right every time. Um, but I can only speak to my, about myself and saying that I get it wrong a lot of the time. Um, uh, just one example of that was when I was praying for a, somebody at an event. And I'm not going to say who it was because they might be in this room um, today. But um, so I was praying for this person. And I just got this real conviction that God just wanted me to say this to this one person. And then all of a sudden, um, I just go out and I just start pouring my heart out to this person, just saying everything to them. And then they turn back and say, nah. That's, that's nothing to do with me. Um, so I get it wrong sometimes. We all get it wrong. But it's also important to note that we follow a God that doesn't care um, whether or not we get it wrong. Um, he cares about our heart and, and what, we, what we do in that. So we see many examples in Scripture of us, um, of the power that we have in following what God has to say for us. And can you bring that up on the screen, please? So I've got it right here. Um, Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. And next one. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Sweet. So that's covering the why, why God is saying this to us. Um, So you may have think, Karen, you've kind of dropped the ball here. We're talking about missions um, this entire month. So how are you going to get onto that? So that's my next point is how can we um, adopt this into our lives in terms of mission? Because that's what we're covering this month. So um, mostly the only way we can do this is through the Holy Spirit. And um, there's a few tips that we can have in, in getting filled with the Holy Spirit. And you guys are doing the first tip really well is that you guys actually turned up to church. Um, and... So it's really important to note that this is the first step in saying to God, yep, I'm here, I want to listen to you, I want to be present with you. So big ups to you guys for turning up this morning and listening to me and Corin. Um, so we also, um, just another thing is we need to trust that God isn't going to push us beyond what we're capable of. And there's many examples in scripture of, of saying that to us, that um, we can often be fearful of what God wants us to do. And that can kind of be a hindrance for us, and we think, oh, no, I'm not going to do what you say, God, because you're going to make me uncomfortable. You're going to push me somewhere where I don't want to go. So um, the story of Peter and Cornelius teaches us that we can't possibly do this by ourselves. So um, Peter and Cornelius were in two completely different parts of the country, and God gives them two very um, specific um, visions in order to meet up together. So it's not always going to happen like that, but it's, it's also showing us that we can't do this alone, that um, God calls us to not just go out and, and do mission by ourselves, but to maybe find a partner, find a group of people, and then it's going to be a whole lot less daunting for you. So, um, and thanks to Jesus, we don't have to do this alone. We've got him. And so we pray to him and then we, we get that vision that, or we get that place to go. 
So let's summarize. Um, so what did God do in this verse? Well, God brought together two mighty men of God, and then they went and um, preached the gospel to all the nations. And that's why, kind of why we're here today, because um, it got passed on through so many people. Um, why is God telling us this? Well, because we need to do the same. We need to go out and preach to, to other people. Who is the Gentile in your life? if you will. Is it your next door neighbor? Is it um, somebody in your family that hasn't met God yet? Um, And so how can we do this? Well, we've got to rely on the Holy Spirit. We can't rely on ourselves. Um, So that just means to get constantly filled with him. And like I said before, you guys are doing an awesome job by turning up to church. That's the very first step in listening to the Holy Spirit and getting filled by that Holy Spirit. So that's what I got. Um, Sweet. Thanks for listening. I'm just going to pray real quick, um, and then we'll move on. Father God, we love you. Um, That's why we're here this morning. Thank you for um, the message that Kyron has brought, and thank you um, for speaking to me in these last um, few weeks. God, we just pray that um, moving forward, that we can start to adopt this into our lives, we can start to um, rely on you and your Holy Spirit and where you're leading us, God. Father, we pray that you actually do make us uncomfortable and we pray that we do hesitate because it's when we push through that that we can actually grow in our walk with you. In Jesus' name we thank you. Amen.